Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. I'm reading from Mark chapter 12 and verse uh, 28 uh, through 34. Then one of the scribes came and asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you've spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared to question him. Jesus, what is the greatest of all the commandments? Now, it, it's commonly agreed upon that uh, uh, in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, that there's about 613 commandments. That's a lot, hundreds of them, hundreds of commandments. And so, Jesus, out of the possible 613 commandments, 613, we were just in Israel uh, a year, year and a half ago, and um, uh, we happened to be there during the uh, uh, new year. And um, uh, we, we noticed that the pomegranate was like a real feature for, for the new years, the uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah. And we found out the reason the pomegranate is the... Uh, kind of symbol is because they say there's about 613 seeds in the pomegranate, kind of like one seed for every law in the Torah. So it's important to understand in this question that this was not one of those tests, traps for Jesus. Uh, they, they set those, but this young man was not setting a test or a trap for Jesus. This, this young man was asking an honest, genuine question. And Jesus answered him from the Old Testament scripture that today is the centerpiece of all Judaism. It's called the Shema. The Shema. It is the foundation of Judaism, this answer that Jesus gave. It is the basis of the morning and the evening prayer, the Shema. This is what every Jewish father whispers into the ear of his newborn child. This is what every dying Jew wants to have as the last words that come out of their mouth. The Shema. The Shema. And what Jesus was quoting, I mean, actually for the Old Testament and for the Jewish people, this passage of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9, would be like the equivalent, equivalent for you and me today for John 3.16. You know, what's our, what's our main scripture? What's our proclamation scripture in the entire New Testament? We probably would say, many of us would say, John 3.16. So 
Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, which is what Jesus was quoting, is sort of to the Old Testament what that is to the New Testament. So let me read it from Deuteronomy. This is the actual scripture. Chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And for the three months Carol and I lived in Israel, um, we would see this mezuzah, which is a little container where these words were written on doorposts. Even hotel rooms uh, would have that. We were in Israel for three months uh, because I had gone to hike the Israel National Trail. And uh, so I started this hike up at the uh, Lebanese border. And 42 days and 1,000 kilometers later, I was at the Egyptian border. And so it was an amazing, life-changing experience. What was really amazing was about the fifth day when I had started down, Carol sends me a text. She said, you're not going to believe it. I just ran into John McMartin. I didn't believe it, but she actually did. John was at some site. Carol was out there doing some study, and they walked right past each other, and she said, John. And he turned around, and he said, Carol. Anyway, that's not in my notes, but it actually did happen. The mezuzah holds the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So my question this evening and especially on this mission's focus, how do we do that? I mean, I've been a Christian a long time. How do I love God like that? How do I love him with all of my heart? How do I love him with all of my soul? What does it mean to love him with all of my strength? Well, one of the Sundays while we were in Jerusalem, we attended a service and we heard the Shema spoken of like I had never in my life heard it from someone who had lived there in Jerusalem for decades. And we were told, and it was explained to us, what this means to the Jewish ear. What this means in Jewish culture. What does it mean? So in Jewish culture, what does it mean to love God with all of my heart? I have, we have Western culture. And we, we sort of, you know, we, we, we love pepperoni pizza with all of our heart you know or but what does this mean <laughs> what does this mean in the Jewish culture and so the word heart in Hebrew is labab and here's what it means when when God says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart here's what heart means in Hebrew it means your emotions your feelings your mind your understanding it means to love God with everything that is in the midst of you from deep within your core. It doesn't just mean your heart. It means your heart of hearts. It is your emotional and intellectual self. Loving God with your heart and your mind. Loving God with your emotions and your mind. Loving him like that. And then the apostle Peter says to you and me. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. You love him. 
And I know you do here tonight. And I do too. And there's nothing in my life more valuable or precious than loving him. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. You love him and he has loved you from the foundation of the world. Think about this. I love him and I've never seen him. He loved me before he ever saw me. He loved me from the foundation of the world. God loved you and he loved me before he made the world. As a matter of fact, he had to make the world so he could get you here because he thought of you before there was a world. Come on, you have never been loved like that. That is, that is right? That is amazing love. And I want you to know this evening, family, this is a love religion. This is a, a joy religion. This is a romance religion. This is a romance relationship religion, somebody. Romans chapter 13 and verse 10 says, Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. That's it. Love fulfills all 613 of them. Why? Because love does no wrong. Love does no wrong to others. Romans 13, 9 says, for the commandments are summed up in this one commandment, love, love. And in Galatians 5, 14, the whole law, all 613, can be summed up in one command, love. Family, this is not a law religion. This is a love relation. Oh, how did I miss this for so many years as a young, sincere Christian? Love, I just, you know, with all of my heart, you know, I fell in love with Jesus as a young man, as a child, actually. I gave my heart to Jesus, and yet for so long, it just seemed like I had this law religion that was, I was struggling with, I was struggling with, until one day I had this revelation that this is not a law religion, that this is a love religion, a love relationship. It's a love relationship, and it takes me from have to to want to. It takes me from rules to relationship. It takes me from whitewashed on the outside to bloodwashed on the inside. It takes me from intimidation to intimacy, from iniquity to innocence, from drawing back to drawing near, from fear to faith, from wrong to Strong, from confusion to conversion, from condemnation to affirmation, from transgression to transformation, from shunning him to seeking him, from avoiding him to avowing him, from hiding from him to confiding in him, from enduring to endearing, from rejecting to rejoicing, from a misfit to a benefit from regulations to revelations from achieving to believing from pronouncements to promises from threatenings to blessings from his wrath to his wealth from failure to favor from judgment to acquittal from my offense to him to his defense of me this is a love this is a romance religion and relationship but the question tonight is how do I love him with all of my heart? I love him, according to the Hebrew tradition, is to love him with my emotions and my intellect, with my heart and my head. 
with my feelings and my faculties, with my passion and my perception, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And the Shema goes on and says, and with all of your soul. Well, what does that mean? How do I, how do I even locate my, my how, how do, what does that mean to love God with all of my soul? Well, in the Hebrew mind and thinking, when a Jewish person reads the scripture, he understands that loving God with all of my soul is loving God with my life, my very life, my breathing, blood flowing through my veins, life. In other words, this is loving God more than I love my life. This is loving God more than I love living This is loving God to where if I had to, I would give up or lay down my life. That's what it means to love God with all of your soul. To love God with all of your soul would be willing to lay your life down, to die for him. Now, I I saw this study, this, this post from Fox News, January 2017, and it was talking about Christians who love God like this and who literally give up their very life all over the world. But this Fox News report from January 2017 says that in the past 10 years, a Christian somewhere in the world loves God with all of her soul or his soul and gives up their life every six minutes. Hundreds And hundreds of thousands of my brothers and your brothers and sisters in the last 10 years have loved the Lord their God with all of their heart and with all of their soul. We read in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar. We know this story from the book of Daniel. We learned it in Sunday school. Nebuchadnezzar says to them, is it true Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? that you refuse to serve my gods and to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing fire. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage and he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Now, we know the rest of the story, but I want you to know this is loving God with all of your soul. Being willing to give up your life or your freedom or your position, or your prestige, or your possessions, or your popularity 
out of love for him. Loving God with all my heart is loving him with my mind, my will, my emotions, and my intellect. But loving God with all my soul is loving him with my life, my very life, even unto the loss of my life. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, how do I love God with all of my strength? What does that mean? And when I heard this expert break this Hebrew scripture, Jewish scripture out, honestly, I, 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 my, I just shook my head because he said to the Jews, to love God with all of your strength means that you love God with your money. My money. My resources. My finances. And everything that my strength produces. Amy Carmichael said, You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Loving God with all of my strength is loving God with my giving of what I have, of what I possess. What does my strength produce in my life? My income, my resources, my equity. What does my strength produce? Whatever my strength produces, I am to love God with it. Loving God with all of my strength is loving God in my giving. Giving is love to God in action, in demonstration, in deeds and not just words. I mean, it gets real here. It gets real here because I can love God with all of my heart sitting right next to my wife. I can, you know, emotionally love him. I can intellectually love him. And I can, you know, best I know, I can be willing to be able to give up my life, you know, or, or my, whatever, you know, something cost me something to serve the Lord in position or, or my life. I think, I, I hope, I pray that that's me. I, I believe it is. You never know, of course, until you're in that situation, I guess. But now we're talking about something that is action actually. Now we're talking about money, resource, things that I possess, giving is love to God in action. We read in not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just had this flash in my mind just then. Shame on me. Toilet paper. I just saw toilet paper... How many know Christians are not hoarders? But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, here's the question, how does the love of God abide in him? 
My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. What is he talking about here? He's talking about giving. He's talking about being generous. Nothing tells the truth about me more than what I do with my money. Nothing. I can show you my scriptures. I can show you my notes. But you're not going to really know me until I show you my budget or my checkbook receipts. Because that is going to tell the truth about you and me. Jeez, it got quiet in here, Pastor. We were having fun a few minutes ago. And now I'm talking about loving God with all of our strength. I am to love God. See, money is made from our strength. And the greatest commandment in the Bible, therefore the greatest obedience, right? Right? The greatest commandment, therefore the greatest obedience I can ever do is to love my God with all of my heart, to love my God with all of my soul, and to love my God with all of my strength. And I am to love God with my money. Money is not only how I love God, but it's also how I love my neighbor as myself. It's how I love the poor. It's how I love the lost. It's how I reach an unreached world. And sometimes we may not feel that love. Like sometimes people struggle with the fact, does God really love me? I don't know if God really loves me, you know. And I, for years as a young Christian, I, I kind of like had, I was like that little flower. He loves me. He loves me not. On Monday, I feel like he loves me. On Tuesday, I don't feel like he loves me. He lo and so I'm struggling up and down, back and forth. Does God really love me? Man, I don't even like me half the time, and yet you're telling me God loves me. I don't know if I can believe it. I don't know if I believe God loves me. Stop it. Listen to me. You can doubt your emotions all day long. Fine. I wouldn't trust them very far anyway. But you cannot doubt love that's been demonstrated. You cannot doubt love that has been demonstrated on a cross. You can doubt your own feelings. You can doubt your own emotions. But you cannot doubt the love of God who loved you and me so much that he demonstrated. He gave his only begotten son. This is love that is demonstrated. And this is how I love. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to be emotional about it. I don't get too emotional about missions. But this is how I love the poor, the lost, the unreached, the untold. I believe that our mission's passion is fueled by money. Love money. We've all heard of blood money. I'm talking about love money. I believe that's what missions is. I believe it's love money. It's money that I give because I love. And I love the Lord my God. Our mission's passion is fueled by love. God, love for God money. Come on. Love for God money. Love for others money. I preached a message like this one time. And I had to run to the loo right after the sermon. And I ran out to the loo. And I was, nobody knew I was in there because I had the door closed. But these two guys walked in and said, well, there you go. Another preacher, all he can talk about is money. And I thought, I mean, they didn't, hear, they, didn't, they didn't know I was listening. But I thought, you men have missed the entire point. I wasn't talking about money for me. I'm talking about me giving money. I'm talking about me loving God with my money. 
And you can do whatever you want to. I'm talking about me. This is, this is, come on, we're in this together. I mean, we don't just talk about giving to missions. My wife and I give, my wife, my wife sat in her home 34 years ago and wept and said, God, you're asking me to give all of this up, my home. And God said, if you'll give me your home, I'll give you a nation. I've watched her give two homes to Jesus. So we don't, we're not, this, this is not something we come and talk about. This is something that we are. This is something that we live. And this is something that our church is. And this is something our church lives. We obey Jesus' last command out of love for him. Love is what digs wells in Africa. Did you see that? What did that? Love does that. Love is what plants those churches. Love. Love buys opportunities for people to hear the gospel. Pastor said, the gospel is free if you're receiving it but it's expensive if you're providing it. It's free. Anyone, anyone, it's free. It's without cost. The gospel is free to receive it. But I tell you what, it costs our church 50% of our income every year. We give half of our income every year to missions. It's, cost, it's costly to provide it. Come on, family. And we're, many of us are happy for Jesus to just pay all the costs. How many reckon it's time for those who love Jesus to step up and we need to do our part in paying the cost? Come on, somebody. I think I'm talking better than you're responding. Maybe, maybe. It's love that does everything you're doing in missions around the world. Through our missions giving, we are loving God and we are loving what God loves and who God loves and it's loving him and it's loving them. You know what? Here, here's how practical it is. With our money. That's our strength. I'm, when I give my money to missions, that's my strength. How do I love God with my money? What, do, what does my money mean to God, by the way? I mean, what are my five little loaves and two fishes to Almighty God? Do you, you think God is interested in what's in my pocket? Elohim? Yahweh? No. No. He doesn't eat it himself. He doesn't need it himself, but he multiplies it when we place it in his hand and thousands are blessed. Thousands are blessed and money is the means by which we love. Loving God is the greatest privilege. It's the highest calling and it's the absolute most amazing honor of my entire life. And my life matters nothing to me if I do not love him most and first. I want to love him. I want to love him and I want to do it with all my heart and I want to do it with all my soul and I want to do it with all my strength. Who wants to do it with me? Who wants to love him like that with me? And so we're about to give to missions here in just a moment. We're going to give to missions, but we're, we're giving to God. Pastor said today, he's just earlier, he said, we don't just give the money to the church or to the, no, this is, it's to God first. It's love for God. We are loving God. We are loving our neighbor as ourself. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? There's about 613 of them. What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen.
Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.